Well, hello there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Clear Studies Podcast. I am your host, Bishop A. Reginald Lippman, and I'm always excited to share these practical teachings with you. I'm piggybacking off of a message that I shared this past Sunday from the pulpit of the New Mountaintop Church, where I was talking about Christ and his place of conflict, that fourth statement that he spoke from the cross, where he goes from Father, forgive them, and all of that, to now, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In that moment of desperation and humanity, and I won't spoil the message for those of you that haven't heard it, I'd love for you to go check us out on YouTube and watch that message. But in that moment of desperation and humanity, it almost sounds as if he is speaking his mind, speaking his peace, as if he is being authentically human of course he was both human and divine and we know that he had both a human side and a divine side and at this point on the cross he represents all of humanity but in that moment i saw something very powerful that i like to share with you in this podcast as again we kind of use the sunday message the thematic thrust of it to bridge off and to talk about something that's even more practical that you can use in your everyday life. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like is so needed in today's times. I think that as we look at Christ in that fourth statement on the cross, we see there a very practical mindset because he not only is God, but at this point he talks as a human. And in this moment of pressure and great stress and anxiety and People beneath him physically on the ground and the other male factor who had already said to him at ear level, if you are who you say, then do this and do that. Yet at this point, it's almost as if Christ shows us how to break free from social pressure. And I want to help you today with this very practical teaching about breaking free from social pressure. And here's the prayer that I want you to pray this week. And I'm praying this for you. God, make me free to be me. God, make me free to be me. You know, a lucky few of us are charismatic and comfortable in any kind of social setting. However, most of us suffer from some degree of self-consciousness at times, and we alter our behavior in an effort to appeal to other people. Are you guilty of that? Do you change to fit in? Do you make adjustments because of people's expectations, which are typically unfairly squared on your shoulders? Well, if so, I'm talking to you. If not, I'm still talking to you. You see, this begins in childhood and it becomes a habit that we carry throughout our lives. The pressure to conform rests on each and every human being. How much are you pretending? How much are you performing? How much are you play acting? What percentage of the time are you actually behaving yourself in a way that you would really love to not have to do that? How much of yourself are you giving up in order to gain the approval of other people? You know, interestingly, friends, the people that we admire the most are those that make no effort to conform. 
<laughs> we, we admire individuality. We admire the strength of people who don't mind sticking out like a sore thumb, who don't mind not acquiescing to all of the pressures and expectations and social pressure of other people. So I want to offer you several tips today that I'd like for you to think about as to how you can learn to break free from social pressure and how you can live a life that answers your own prayer of God, make me free to be me. Ready? All right, here's number one. Number one is this. Pay close attention to everyone around you. Now, how do we become so self-conscious that we are uncomfortable in social settings to the degree that we end up acquiescing to what we perceive to be the expectations of other people? And we end up really deserving an Oscar or a Tony Award for our excellent acting skills. How do we get there? Well, it's really simple. You see, when we become overly self-conscious, it's because we're focusing on our appearance. We're focusing on our clothing. We're focusing on our posture and we're focusing on our body language and even the words that we're saying. Well, how do we not be self-conscious? How do we not find ourselves stressed and pressured by social expectations and by uh, the being heavy laden with the thoughts of what other people think we ought to be, what other people think we ought to do. It's very simple. You eliminate self-scanning behavior and you'll feel so much more comfortable. Notice your environment. If someone is speaking to you, focus on their face and their words. That puts you in the moment. You know, even with Jesus, he turns his attention to God, the father. At this point, he's not talking to the soldiers saying, I thirst. He's not talking to uh, those who are hanging along with him on the right or left, saying today you'll be with me in paradise. But he focuses attention squarely on his God, his father. And so when someone is talking to you, even in a social setting, Rather than you worrying about how you look or impressing people, you simply lock eyes on them, focus on their face and words and your ability to focus outside yourself will then grow with the practice. You know, one of the things that I encourage for married couples, or even those that are dating, for that matter, even parents toward their children. Is that when someone is talking to you, give them your full attention. I cannot tell you how many times I will be working on a podcast just like I am now or writing a book like I am now or doing something for ministry or my 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 outside work life. And my son will come into the office with something that he is absolutely utterly fascinated about. That if all if I was to be in complete honesty I might not truly find it personally interesting, but because I am interested in him and because I want him to know he has my attention, whatever I'm doing takes a sidestep. And I turn and I face him and I look him in the eye 
and I acknowledge what he is saying, even if it's not something that I woke up that morning and put on my bucket list. And so when you pay attention to others, you are far less conscious of yourself. Maybe that's why Jesus turned his attention toward God so that he could be less focused on himself and more locked in as he paid close attention to the one who was still around him, even though he couldn't feel him. Here's number two. Increase your sense of self-worth. Again, increase your sense of self-worth. You have to learn to work on enhancing your personal self-esteem. Now, notice that word self-esteem. Self-esteem is how you see yourself. It's not how others see you, but it's how you see yourself. And no one can see you for you but you. Again, no one can see you for you but you. And so learning to increase your self-worth means that pretending to be something you're not is a suggestive behavior that you believe you're not good enough in some way. Think about that. How you conduct yourself is evidence of how you see yourself. And it then sends a message to others about yourself. So we've all done some amazing things in our lives. Focus on your positive qualities in order to build your sense of self-worth. What's good about you? Trust me, there are enough people in the world who keep a record of what's wrong with you or what's bad about you in their eyes. But what is good about you? You want to focus on your positive qualities and remind yourself of your successes, not your failures. Most importantly, leave your failures and regrets in the past. Now, I know I'm talking to somebody right now who really does need to hear this because you have a a tendency to rehearse and nurse the failures, the regrets, the shoulda, woulda, couldas of life. You'll never get to the place where you are beyond social pressure and the expectations of other people if you are your own worst enemy. So leave your failures and your regrets in the past. Yes, learn from them, but leave them behind you. Put your mistakes and your regrets behind you and press forward. Here's number three. Have a positive attitude about oneself. Have a positive attitude towards yourself. That means that you need to learn to be accepting of yourself in order to conquer social pressure. You have to remind yourself that no one is perfect. Let me say that again for you. No one is perfect. Even your best friend 
has numerous flaws that you could quickly list. But when you are accepting toward yourself, it will also make you accepting toward others. So even though you are in relationship with people who have flaws and defects, just like you do, you love them anyway. By the way, have you ever noticed how easy it is to love others in spite of their flaws than it is to love yourself in spite of your flaws? Listen, you have to have a positive attitude about yourself in order to conquer social pressure and for God to grant you the strength to be the me that he's created you to be. All right, let's go to number four. Here's number four. Keep an eye on your level of anxiousness or anxiety. Keep an eye on it, on your anxiety level. You want to monitor your level of anxiety. So there are many tools to lower anxiety, but, but it's most effective to use them when your feelings of anxiety begin to rise. When you're highly stressed, it's much more challenging to get your emotions back under control. So the moment that you begin to notice yourself becoming uncomfortable, focus on taking slow, deep breaths. Redirect your focus to your breath and your environment. Become one with God. Learn to close your eyes, meditate, slowly take in breath, think of good thoughts and more importantly, of God's view of you. And as you release that breath slowly, you will discover the peace of God coming upon you. And so your previous thoughts resulted in your anxiety. But when you take the time to breathe in deeply, shift your thoughts to something good or to God, those thoughts will escape you and you introduce a totally new thought into your mind. And so since you were the one (laughs) who came up with the thoughts that created the anxiety, guess what? You are the one who can change those thoughts. And so you want to keep an eye on your anxiety level so that you will not succumb to social anxiety or social pressure for that matter. All right, here's number five. And if you're getting something out of this, I'd love for you to leave a comment and let us know. All right, here's number five. Define your life's mission and follow through on it. Mm. Define your life's mission and follow through on it. Now, it could be argued that you're not Bold enough to be yourself because the stakes aren't high enough. When you have enough motivation, anxiety rarely shows up. You might be too bashful to raise money for your new business, but it's no problem if you're raising money to save your child from cancer. So do you know your purpose in life? Because your purpose in life is uniquely tied to Powerful self-imagery. And when you know your purpose in life, and when you can answer that question definitively, much of the social pressure in your life will disappear. 
I remember struggling with this many, many, many years ago, trying to make everybody happy. And I failed at making everybody happy. Finally, I woke up one morning with the realization that I can never make everybody happy. (laughs) Then purpose hit me that I was not created to make everybody happy. I was created to do my special, unique thing in this world that the creator put me here to do. And if I did that, I'll make him happy. And I might just add a few smiles to a few people along the way. So conquering social pressure to be something that people see you as is so important, ladies and gentlemen. So when you define your life's mission and when you actually follow through on it, now that's the key, following through on your life's mission. And I want to challenge you to make sure you get the worksheet that goes along with this this episode, because I'm going to challenge you to discover and journal your life's mission. All right. So make sure you get that. It's going to be in the description of this podcast or wherever you may be catching this. All right. Number six. Number six, pretend your parents or family only see you through rose colored glasses. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous, but you're going to get where I'm going in a minute. So you want to pretend that your parents or your family can only see you through rose colored glasses. You know, the truth is that people often, even in their 50s and 60s, some retirees that still have living parents, which is a blessing. But they're still worried about disappointing their parents. In their 60s, they are still worried about mama fussing, daddy being displeased. The question is this. What would you do differently right now if your parents saw you only through rose-colored glasses? Now, now what is rose-colored glasses? It simply means if your parents could see no wrong about you, how would you live your life differently? What would you do differently? It may, be, may not be your parents. Your parents may be long gone, but that family member, that close connection that is a bit critical, maybe a tad judgmental. How would you live your life differently? Wow, that's a loaded question. I'm just thinking about it myself. How would you live your life differently if they only saw you through rose colored glasses? You know, a parent's influence is never really completely gone, but most of us give them more power than is reasonable. I preached my father's eulogy back in the year of 2010, and to date, that's 12 years ago. Yet there's still times that I think, what would dad think about this? What would he say about this? I know he would really flip out if he were here to see this. And while that is admirable and it keeps me close to him, at least in my thought realm, the truth is I might just be still giving my father a bit too much influence over my life. And that's unreasonable. Dad lived his life. I'm now living my life. 
And so when you understand that concept of, you know, imagining that your family or your, your closest relatives, those who may be the most outspoken or critical, imagining, pretending that they only see you through rose colored glasses, you might do a whole lot of things differently. Because you would not live under the social pressure or the family pressure to conform to a certain image, <laughs> to do things that only they would do or that they would approve of. So as adults, parents only have the power that we give to them. Hmm. So here's number seven. Do something you've been putting off for a long time. Do one thing that you've been avoiding doing. It may be a hard task. It may be making that doctor visit. It may be going to get that checkup. I don't know. It could be something small. But whatever it is, jump in the deep end and do something new. Do something that you've been needing to do or wanting to do for some time. This is a great way to break social pressure and the burden of trying to live up to the expectations of other people. It might be getting a tattoo. I don't know. It might be singing at karaoke. <laughs> it could be learning ballet. It could be learning how to ride a motorcycle. That's on my list. Whatever it is, question is, what's stopping you? Here's the answer. You. And I hear you say, well, no, no, no. It costs money. I, I don't have time. I don't have this or that or the other. But you make time to do what you must do. And sometimes in order to conquer social pressure and to build healthy esteem and for God to empower you to be the you he created you to be, you've got to make desires priority and move the desire and the bucket list to the priority list so that you can do something that you've wanted to do or that you've put off, whether that be something that's going to be a, a hard conversation or something that's going to be something exciting, like a beautiful vacation with your family or a picnic at the park, whatever it may be. Don't put it off. Get it done. Do it even if nobody agrees with it. As a matter of fact, no one has to agree with it. Do it and live happy with your life. All right, here's the final one today. And I hope you're getting a lot out of this. Here's number eight. Recognize that you have a limited amount of time. You know, it will all be over someday. Life is so incredibly short. So really, there's little reason to worry because we don't know how little time we have. But how many of us will spend the rest of our days, how many or few they may be, in worry? Worrying about what someone would say if we were to be who God made us to be. How many of us will live our lives the rest of our days not allowing God to make us free to be me? It's going to be over someday. As morbid as that sounds, it's the truth. It's painfully true. Anything you're worried about now will be meaningless in the distant future. So what are you waiting for? Get out there. 
forgive, love, have joy. Let go of the past. Move forward with a mind that is fruitful so that you can obtain that place that is the answer to the prayer, God, make me free to be me. You can break free from social pressure and you can live a life of joy, a life of peace, knowing that God is pleased with you. I hope you got some great nuggets out of this podcast. If so, I want you to comment and let us know how this is blessing you. Don't forget to grab the handout that goes along with this. There are some great discussion questions that you can probe deeper in your thinking and you can share it with your family, with your friends, wherever they may be. Just share this. Send it out there because somebody in the world needs to hear this. You've been listening to Clear Studies Podcast with your host, Bishop A. Reginald Littman, senior pastor of the greatest church I know, New Mountaintop Church, 30 minutes west of Atlanta in a community called Winston. If you're ever in the area, you owe it to yourself to make it to 7822 Connors Road in Winston, Georgia. We'd love to have you. Also, don't forget to check out my current teaching on YouTube and Facebook Live. It airs at 7 p.m. And at the moment, we're in a series on love, the greatest commandment, how to show it to God and share it with others. I look forward to sharing with you in the next episode. Again, please like, share, subscribe and leave a comment. Go ahead. Live free. Be you. Enjoy life. It's too short to sit around in grief.